0: Rocky River Church. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. We're in week number four of our teaching series called This Is Jesus. If you have your Bible with you, open it up or turn it on. Go to the Gospel of Mark chapter four. We're going to look at a story between verses 35 and 41. So Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41. Also take out your connection card and uh, your message notes and your offering envelope, because we're going to use all of those in today's message, which is called, Jesus Calms My Fears. I want to get started this morning by asking you a question. Have you uh, have you ever been caught up in a storm while on a boat? And, uh, and I mean a, a serious storm where you're thinking, I might not make it out of this. Anybody ever had an experience like that? Wow, a few. See... This is interesting in and of itself, because the same was true with the 830 service, then the last service, or the second service. Now, you guys, there's several people that have had these harrowing experiences where you've been in a bad storm out on on the ocean. It happened to me once, about 25 years ago, the first time I'd ever been deep sea fishing. I went with a cousin and, and an uncle. We were a part of a a party group that was going out fishing. And uh, we were going out for Red Snapper and Grouper out in the Gulf Stream. We we sailed out of Merle's Inlet uh, down in South Carolina. And w- when we pulled away from the dock, Gene, it was already raining. And uh, about 10, 12 miles out in the ocean, the, the rain just started coming down in bucketfuls. And uh, the, the wind picked up. It turned into a full-blown storm. And we're in a, a boat about 60, 65 feet, something like that. And I, I don't want to say that the waves were high, but they were so high. How high were they? There, there were a few of them where I really thought that the boat was just going to flip over backwards. I mean, it was... It was quite scary. And I'll never forget this one jerk. I mean, this, uh, this one guy that was uh, in, in the tackle shop. And uh, everybody else is, is in the tackle shop sort of looking at the weather. Is this doable? Are we Are going to be able to make this or not? And, and he's walking around like, ha, you bunch of sissies. I've been out in a lot worse weather than this. And he was just really he, he He's a big guy back in the tackle shop. Big guy out on the dock, but once we were out in the ocean, and when this storm kicked up look, look, let me tell you this, time out when we were in the tackle shop, this guy you know he's talking trash to everybody, but he's eating a breakfast sandwich, you know something like a bacon egg and cheese. I was going to get one, and my my uncle said, no, 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 no <laughs> get some get some crackers and a Coke or something." uh because I promise you that guy if it's storming out there he will see that that breakfast again so and sure enough big guy on the dock but out in the in the ocean i mean when the the storm is just really kicking up this guy was the first one to throw up and uh he 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 was just so sick of course a lot of people were sick but at one point he he sat down we used to call it indian style i think y'all may call it Crisscross cross now. He, he sits down on the floor, wraps himself around a pole, and I kid you not, he, he whimpered. Like he wouldn't just cry out loud, but he was scared to death. And, and just a little bit before that, he, he said to the first mate, Hey, Gilligan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He said, Hey, Gilligan, don't you and the skipper... Think that uh, we should head back into the dock. And the first mate said, well, Mr. Howell, (laughs) here's how this works. We're not going back to the dock unless the captain, not the skipper, but the captain either gets scared or sick. And he got neither. Neither. He didn't get sick, and he didn't get scared, and so we, we weathered the storm, and we we stayed out there. Eventually, you know, the sun came out. It was a, it was a good day of fishing, and, and I can't tell you that I was scared for my life, but I was pretty scared, and I got really concerned, and, and I would, again, say scared when the first mate at one point was at the front of the boat at the casting rail, and he had sat down with this feet dangling off the front of the boat and then he wrapped them in real tight and held on to the railing and when we would go into the waves when that wave would roll out he would disappear into the wave that was a little bit that was a little bit scary physical storms that that stuff's scary you know storms like that rainstorms hurricanes those sorts of things those are not the only storms that we go through in life are they There are other storms that can come up on us, and they can come up, you know, just all of a sudden out of nowhere, like marriage storms or career storms, parenting storms, health storms. And again, they can come up all of a sudden, and they are just as powerful, just as hairy, just as scary, maybe even more so than a physical storm well, today we're going to look at a story from the life of Jesus where he, he's in a storm and he calms the storm and he brings peace to it. We're, we're going to learn how that whenever we're in a storm, whenever we're afraid, we can exchange our anxiety for the peace of Christ. Again, this story is the story of Jesus calming the storm. Let, let me just set the scene to you before we jump into the scripture. Jesus has been teaching large crowds of people all day. In fact, if you put the gospels together, Jesus early in his ministry, he's kind of on this preaching tour and he's been preaching all day and he's tired and and worn out. And so he wants to get with just the disciples to kind of get away from the crowd. How many of you have ever needed to get away from the crowd? A few of us. Everybody else is lying. Look, you've got to get away from people sometime, right? Jesus just wanted to get away from the crowd and get along with his disciples. To do this, he wanted to go across the Sea of Galilee, which is not really a sea at all. It's more like a big lake. But the way it's situated in, in Israel, it, it's kind of in a, almost a bowl of mountains, there's, there's one end that's open. And just the way the wind funnels in, it, it, it could be a nice, you know, summer day or whatever out on the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, you're just in a terrible storm. Well, Jesus wants to go across the Sea of Galilee. Obviously, they're going to have to get in a boat to do this. Uh, they load up and they head out. That brings us to Mark 4.35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, the disciples, uh, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him, uh, Took I'm sorry, they took him with them in a boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. So they're not alone. There's other groups following them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. What's it filling with? It's filling with water. And this is a serious storm. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Now, this is one of those verses I'd like to ask Jesus about sometime. Okay, Lord, what's going on here? The, the story says it's, it's this terrible storm The disciples are scared. I mean, it's it's raining. This is not like a cabin cruiser. This is just a small open-air fishing boat. There's nowhere to get out of the weather. I mean, Jesus is in it, but he's on this cushion asleep. Were you really asleep? Were you just playing possum? I mean, are you just teaching these guys? And when I say, are you just playing possum, Do you get what I mean there? It's kind of a Old way of saying it. If you're from the other side of the Mason-Dixon line, does that translate? Okay. Jesus, were you really asleep? Or are you just messing with these guys? I mean, I mean, what's, what's really going on? And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And there's fear in their voice. I mean, this is a storm where they think they may die. And he awoke. And rebuked the wind and said to the sea. So who is he talking to? The wind and the sea. Peace, be still. There's exclamation points here. These are commands. Jesus is commanding the waves, or or the wind and the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. So think about that. I mean, one minute. I I mean... Just seconds before, there is a terrible storm. These guys had been in storms before, but there's a terrible storm. They, they think they might, might not make it out. And in the next moment, everything's calm and quiet. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now who's being rebuked? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now remember, they they haven't been with Jesus very long at this point in Mark's gospel. so They they don't know everything about Jesus, but they've experienced some amazing things. And yet they're struggling with their faith. Here's the big takeaway Through this miracle, Jesus proved that he's in control of the weather. But but beyond that, he proves that he's in control of the storms. And not just those physical storms, but the storms and the things that cause us great fear in our own lives. Sudden storms. Like a miscarriage. The storm of losing a loved one. The storm of losing a job or an unexpected diagnosis. Whatever storm you're going through, whatever storm you face in the future, if you will learn how to trust Jesus and remember that he is in control, he can replace your fears and your anxiety with his peace. And listen. He may not calm your storm, but he can calm you. The storm may not instantaneously just go away, but he can calm you. I want to be very practical with today's message, and I want to give you four things to remember whenever you're going through a storm. Now listen, it's very likely that you're going through a storm right now. We we've had people in both services previous to this one are going through storms. I, I'll, I'll guarantee you there are people here this morning right now. You're going through a storm. Maybe you're not going through a storm, but I can promise you this, and this kind of feeds into my first point. You will be going through a storm. So take notes. If you're going through the storm today, these are things that will help you replace anxiety with the peace of Christ. If you're not going through a storm, write some notes. Take some notes today so that when the storm does hit, you'll be able to go back and reference this. Everybody with me? Here we go. Four things to remember whenever a storm hits. Number one, I remember that storms are a part of life. I have to remember that storms are a part of life. I I don't ever want to be guilty of selling you false hope. I I always want to deal in the truth. I always want to keep it real. So here's me keeping it real. There is no such thing as a problem-free life. And hey, if you're older than 13... You already know that, right? That There's no such thing as a problem-free life. Life is never going to work out just the way you sketch it out on a white marker board. Life is never going to work out exactly the way you planned it. There's no such thing as a life without storms. Go back to our story, Mark four thirty-seven. Look at that verse. It says, and a great windstorm arose And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. It was filling up with water. Now imagine that you're one of the disciples. You're out in this boat. Are you imagining that? All right, so take a second, just imagine it. All right, you're a disciple, you're you're out in that boat. You've been with Jesus for a while now. You haven't seen him do every miracle yet, but you've seen him do enough to know that this guy has supernatural power. I mean, you were there in the synagogue at Capernaum when Jesus cast the demons out of the man. You've been there when Jesus raised a little girl back to life who's been dead long enough that the mourners are already gathered in their home. Jesus raised her back to life again so you know that Jesus has some some supernatural powers here you are, you're, you're with Jesus you're with God you're in this boat and all of a sudden your sunset dinner cruise turns into a nightmare cruise the winds come up, the seas start standing up you're Your boat is filling up with water and you are in it up to your neck. You ever been up to here in life? Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's the way life feels. These big storms just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden, you know, like that Friday at work. Started off like every other Friday. Till your supervisor, uh, supervisor calls you in and says, um, "We're letting you go today." You thought everything was fine in your marriage. I mean, you, you know, there's problems, but you know, nothing you haven't been through before. And then your spouse comes to you and says, "I'm just not happy. I haven't been happy in a long time. I, I need some time to think, and I need some space." Or you you just talked to your dad a couple days ago and everything sounded fine on the phone. And now you're in a hospital waiting room listening to this doctor try to explain the diagnosis that you, you can't even say fully. And the only thing that you can hear is it's terminal. You don't have much time. Make the best of it. And then just like the disciples in that boat, our lives can be cast into chaos. And we're filled with panic and worry. We start losing sleep. Even when you're a follower of Jesus and you're trying to do the right things, you're going to have storms. They're just going to hit. And a lot of times they hit hard. Jesus acknowledges this. Listen to what he says to his disciples and to us in John chapter 16 verse 33. He said, I've said these things to you. These things he's been saying to his disciples are things that would prepare them for a future where he wouldn't be right with them in a boat. Where he wouldn't be standing right beside them going through a hard time. You know, physically where they could look at him and see him there. Like in our story this morning, he's in the boat with them and yet they were scared. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace irregardless of what the external circumstances are. Because of me, you can have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. It's a great verse, isn't it? And Jesus plainly says right here, it's not a matter of if, but when we will face storms. And the good news is we don't have to face them on our own. The good news is that Jesus is greater than our storms. In his own words, he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So no matter what storm you're in right now, those words alone ought to give you some peace and comfort. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you face in the future, I've overcome it. I've dealt with that already. I'm greater than that storm. Here's the second thing I remember. I remember that Jesus is in control of my storms. Jesus is in control of my storms. In our story, right off the bat, the disciples, what did they do? They freak out. Ever freaked out? Question mark, have you ever freaked out in a storm? Yeah, me too. So we understand it. These guys are scared. Look at what Jesus did in Mark four thirty nine. And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I want you to listen carefully to this little disclaimer I'm about to make. I, I never want to be guilty of putting words in Jesus' mouth. I, I never want to just insert my ideas into a story. Because it's clear from this story that Jesus is speaking to the wind and to the rain when he says, peace, be still. But there's also a part of me that thinks that Jesus is also speaking to the hearts of these disciples. Because the same voice that calmed the wind and the seas, it's the same power and the same voice that seems to calm the men down who are in the boat. Do You see that with me? One of the lessons from this story is that Jesus is in control of all things, including the storms we face on the outside, but the storms that rage on the inside. And if we're being honest about it, a lot of times what's happening on the inside of us is even worse than what's what's happening on the outside of us. The storm hits, we panic, we start to worry, we start losing sleep. Because a lot of times, the moment a storm hits, we tend to forget all about the fact that Jesus is in control. So, what did Jesus say to the disciples? Still, you don't have faith. You you don't have more faith than this by now. One of the things that a storm will do is it will expose our faith. Very often, a storm will show that we have more fear of the storm than we have faith in Jesus. That's one of the lessons the disciples learned about themselves. Now, in the spirit of keeping it real... Let me talk to you just a bit about storms. Not every storm you face is going to be instantly calmed. You may live through a storm through multiple seasons and for many years. Sometimes the storms we face Are storms that we cause ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I've been with people who are struggling with a storm and they want to know why God is doing this to them. And in a caring way, I have to show them that God didn't make the storm. The storm is the consequences of decisions or actions or choices that they made. And usually that happens when we either don't ask God before we make a decision, before we get in that marriage. Or we know what God is telling us to do, but we just do what we want to do. And so there are consequences that come with that. And oftentimes they hang around for a long, long time. And then sometimes we go through storms that we didn't create. Someone else created a storm that just wraps us up in it. You know, like the divorce you didn't want, but you had no choice. You still loved your spouse, but because they didn't love you anymore, he or she had all the power. And they ended it. And so... All these years later, multiple holidays and making exchanges with kids, that, that's a part of this storm that you've been in for, for years. The, the, the point is our storms don't always go away quickly. But listen, it's always better to go through the storms with Jesus than without him. Because Jesus is in control even when your life seems like it's out of control. Here's the third thing I remember. Whenever I'm in a storm, I remember to call out to Jesus. I call out to Jesus in my storm. Now, if uh, we, we had the video clip up here earlier if we could watch this happen in real life and slow it down a little bit and do some analysis on it. While it it seems to go pretty quickly, I'll bet you that there, even though it's not very long, I'll bet you that there is a, a time period in this storm where the disciples are thinking, it's cool, I can get myself through this. We can get out of this. Jesus is tired. He's got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. He's got more important things to do than worry about me and my life. I've heard that like four times this morning. He's got other things to do. We can get ourselves out of this story. But it came obvious to them probably very quickly that this was not something they could get themselves out of. And keep in mind, about half of these disciples are fishermen. This is not their first time out on the lake. This is not their first time out on the Sea of Galilee. This is not their first storm. So at first they're thinking, we've got it. And then they realize they don't. And so they eventually do what they should have done in the beginning they did eventually what we should always do in the beginning. They called out to Jesus. Look at Mark 4:38. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you care that we are perishing? It's the second line in that verse that always gets me. It's such a human response. Sometimes when we read stories like this about the disciples, we just think, well, I mean, Jesus is God. He's ah, human. He's super human. Maybe these disciples, they're just special guys too. No, here here they are giving a very human response. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? It, It sounds like something I've said before. Maybe it sounds like something you've said before. Jesus, why are you asleep when I'm drowning in my storm? And where are you? Don't you care about me? Don't you care about my business? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care about my kids? Don't you care? The only thing that I can think of that's worse than, than going through a storm is getting stuck in a storm because when you get stuck in a storm if you if you're stuck there long enough you start feeling like there's no way out and the way you get stuck in a storm is you start driving your own life you become the leader I hate to make this sound so carry Underwood-ish. It's, it's when you take the wheel. It's, it's when you start driving your life because, let me tell you something, you may have some skills, you may have some abilities, but usually what happens is that when we start driving, when we're the ones guiding our own lives, we steer right into the storm We steer our lives right into anxiety and fear and worry and doubt away from God, away from his peace. And so what happens is that the storm just grows and grows and grows. It gets worse and worse. And we feel like we're stuck and there's no way out. Ever done that before? Yeah, me too. And so after a while you feel like you've disappointed everybody you've disappointed your family you've disappointed your friends um how, how do you make everything right again i mean how, how do you go and straighten up this this huge mess you 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 feel like you've done so much that it, Even God doesn't care about you because you've run away from God. You're going in the wrong direction when you're leading your own life. And so you feel like God is so far away that that things just can't be fixed. But if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. No matter how deep you are into the storm... And no matter how far from God you might feel, you can always, 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 always call out to Jesus. You are never too far gone from him. And he promises to give you strength and courage and peace to lead you through it. One of my favorite stories in the whole Bible is a story Jesus tells about the prodigal son. Comes to his dad one day, says, I want to go out and live my life on my own. I want to do things my own way. I don't want to wait till you die to get my inheritance. Let me have what's coming to me now. His father does. He goes out into the world. He blows everything that he has. For a while, he's the life of the party. Everybody wants to be with him. Everybody wants to be his buddy. Now he has nothing. There's a famine in the land, so things just get worse and worse. The storm grows. He keeps leading his life, and he gets further and further and further away from God until finally he's eating the same food out of a trough with pigs. And then he came to his senses and he said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and say to my father, Father, I've sinned against you and against our God. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just hire me on as a hired hand. And Jesus says while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, ran to him. The son starts going over the conversation he's rehearsed all the way home. Dad, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against our, our God. I don't deserve to be called your son. Just hire me on as an employee and I don't even have to live in the house. But the father doesn't listen to any of that. He just starts giving orders to the the men who've run out with him. He said, go and get a new robe to put on my son. Get sandals for his feet. Put a family signet ring on his finger so he knows he's back home. He's He's my son. Now go and kill the fatted calf, the one we've been saving for Super Bowl Sunday. This son of mine who was dead is now alive again. I am sure that the hymn Softly and Tenderly is based on that story. It talks about the loving Father. It says, See on the portal, he's waiting and watching, calling, Oh, sinner, come home. That's always God's posture. It's never to say, Fine, to hell with you. You're never too far gone for God. And then finally, to replace your anxiety with the peace of Christ, remember that Jesus is with you in your storms. I remember that Jesus is with me in my storms. When the storms hit, I need a Kleenex. I know we got boxes of them somewhere. We're all a bunch of crybabies in here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you had them man. I don't feel as girly. <laughs> see, sometimes you have to remember that Jesus is there because you can't see him. So sometimes the storms are just they're so bad. The, the darkness rolls in and the fog sets in and you have a hard time seeing that he's there or knowing that he's there. So you, you just have to remember that Jesus is here with me, going through this with me. Because it's in those moments that you start thinking that you're all alone. But I can promise you this, there has never been nor will there ever be A storm where Jesus is not with you. He is always with you in your storms. One of the most important things that you can do whenever you're going through a storm is to look back. To look back at your own personal history. To see that God has been there before. When you look back, you start to see the fingerprints of God. And you realize, he's been there with me before. And so, if he's been there with me before, he'll be with me now. If he's with me now, he'll be with me in the future. That's what Psalm 77, verse 11, is all about. It's about looking back. It's there in your notes. It's our memory verse for this week. It says, But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. That capital O, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That means we're talking about not just some overlord, we're talking about the true and living God. Even though I've been through tough times, that's what the but then is all about. Even though we've been through tough times, even though I've been through struggles, I recall all you have done, oh Lord. I see your fingerprints in my life, and I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Jesus was with his disciples in this story, he cared. Even when they wondered if he did, he cared. And I will guarantee you that for years to come, for the rest of their lives, whenever these disciples were going through tough, difficult times, and they went through tough, difficult times, all of these disciples were martyred for preaching the gospel. They would go through very hard times, but they could look back at this story of Jesus calming the storms to see that God was with them. He brought them through that storm. He'll take us through this storm and the next one and the next one and the next one. Remembering that God has been with us just gives us trust and assurance that God's with us no matter what. I think one of the benefits of going through a storm is that God uses storms to grow us, to shape us. To teach us how to rely on Him. And whether He makes the storm go away or not, He can guide us through it. Bring us peace. If you'll just trust Him. If you're a follower of Jesus, but you struggle to find peace in your storms, remember that Jesus is in control. You can trust Him in every situation. You don't have to live in fear and worry. Jesus has always been there. He's with you now. He'll be with you through every storm in the future. Now, for some of you who are here today, you don't have the peace of knowing that Jesus is in your life. So your first step today is the very first step it's to surrender your life to Christ. And if you're just being honest with yourself and with the Lord, you would say, I've been trying this my own way, on my own strength. I've been trying to lead and guide my own life, and that's just not working. And I'm tired of doing that. Well, you can pray with me this morning, and you can experience Jesus in a brand new life-giving, peace-bringing way. So let's stand together. And then I want to invite you to pray. So once you're standing, just bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody walking out yet. This is the moment in the service where the Holy Spirit is stirring, so every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to trust Jesus for the first time in your life, to bring his peace into your life so that you can have peace in this world and the world to come, then just say this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart or in your mind. Our God's the God who searches hearts and minds and he will hear you when you pray. So just say this, Jesus, in the best way I know how, I'm giving you my life. I don't fully know what that means yet. But in the best way I know how, I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I've been driving my life. I've been trying to lead my life through one storm after another. But with no peace. So I confess my sins to you. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I would have the courage to follow you for the rest of my life from this day going forward. Give me the peace that the Bible speaks of when it talks of the peace that passes all understanding. And now just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me and saving me. It's in your great name that we pray. And those who agreed said, amen. Amen. God bless you, God.